Hello and welcome to Anyone for Coffee, an inspiring, uplifting and truthful look at a variety of women's health conditions from those that have been through the mill and currently still suffer, some in silence until now. My name's Sarah Golding, hello, and I'm a voice actor and indie audio producer, and this podcast has only been made possible by the grant from the Pulse Awards, run by the British Podcast Awards and the Wellcome Trust. So feisty thanks from me to all those folks who made this possible, and also to my glorious Patreons who I adore. Thank you so much for supporting all of my journeys of audio joy so far. So let's hope this one inspires and amazes you. Today's episode focuses on endometriosis. It's a condition explored via the actual current experience of the wonderful real-life person, Kirsten Stansfield, through real-life one-to-one interviews with me and via a fictionalised audio drama segment as well as a chat to a medical professional or, due to current restrictions of circumstance, we're all in that, a person very much in the know. I do hope that by the end of this season, folks with these conditions know where and how to get help, how to help themselves, and should recognise when they need to seek help. And ultimately, not be afraid to just just share your feelings and experiences somehow, somewhere. So, on to the first interview, where Kirsten tells us what the condition is and how it has affected her every day. Hello, Kirsten. Welcome to Anyone for Coffee. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you on today. It's um, it's been uh, an exciting adventure getting to talk to other ladies, and you are like the final, very important piece in the puzzle. Uh, so thank you for coming to speak on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> the main thing we're focusing on today is endometriosis, and first thing I'd like to do is just find out what that means from your perspective. What is it? How does it manifest? And then into how has it affected you? Okay. Endometriosis is an odd condition in the sense that they don't really know exactly what happens or why it happens, Mm. but for some reason, in some women, the cells that normally line your uterus, the endometrial cells, which are the ones which shed blood every month, find themselves in other places around your body it tends to be in the pelvic area, but they can migrate anywhere in your body. Um, and then they are affected by the same hormones as the endometrial cells where they're meant to be. So when mm. it's your time to bleed that month, they also bleed, mm. uh, which essentially means you have internal bleeding every month and... Because there isn't an outlet for that blood, it just kind of hangs around. Yeah. And then your body has to find a way of breaking that blood down, which mm. can be very painful. Mm. And it's something that I have probably been experiencing my whole life, you know, since my period started. So, you know, we're talking right back to when I was 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. About 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, have progressively got worse. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of my later teenage years and my 20s on the contraceptive pill um, to try and manage 
the pain and the heavy bleeding, mm. uh, which did kind of help. And then when I decided to start a family and I came off the contraceptive pill, mm. they then got progressively worse again. And it took us a long time to get pregnant, mm. which we eventually did right. after trying for two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. And then That's a tough journey. And that is a tough when journey. When you, you're yearning for that exactly. family to start. Um, so, yeah. And at that point, I didn't have any answers. Mm-hmm. I'd been to... Well, I went to see the doctor, I think, every six months from mm-hmm. around, you know, 13, 14. Right. Right, you know, way up into... Well, I probably stopped going to the doctor quite so often in more recent years because I knew that they were just going to tell me the same mm-hmm. thing, that there was nothing that they could do. Right. Um, but in the part of kind of trying to start a family. I was referred on to a gynecologist who did do some tests, but nothing really came of those tests. They, I don't think they were looking for endometriosis. I don't oh. think that it was really on their radar right. for whatever reason. And so it kind of got missed. Right. And then I was lucky enough to to get pregnant I'd been I think I'd been prescribed Clomid which mm-hmm. is a fertility treatment but hadn't actually taken any of it I think part of the relief that actually there was something that might help yeah. I think helped in that process that's interesting I, yeah so psychologically, psychologically that change yeah interesting so kind of having some answers helps with that mm-hmm. um and then after I had my son, I was lucky. My periods didn't return for an entire year after he was born, right. which was amazing. So that was almost two years <laughs> without periods. Yes. Grace um, period. Yes, and then actually for the next kind of four or so months, things were great. And mm. actually the pain was non-existent. Mm. And then it hit again. Okay. So obviously I'd had a, a brief period of time when things had had kind of slowed down in that previous, you know, two years or so mm-hmm. and had therefore relaxed, you know, the cells hadn't built up and then over those few months they built up quite rapidly again. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point that again I went to the doctors, again I kind of said, you know, I... Almost, I, I know what it's like now uh-huh. not to have pain. Yes. Um, yes. And that kind of reasserts the idea that actually the pain that I had been living through mm. wasn't really sustainable and wasn't, wasn't right. normal. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was sent for more tests. I was sent for various scans, mm-hmm. which in some ways was good that they were looking, but in also in other ways it was just delaying the process. Right. They'd found a cyst on one of my ovaries, but in the end it turned out that it was just a normal cyst that right. come and go. So mm-hmm. that was kind of another few months because you had to wait between them scanning it to wait a certain amount of weeks. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Eventually, they came up with the idea that they didn't know what was wrong and needed to send me on to a specialist, mm-hmm. um, which they did um, through the NHS. And that was local to you and convenient. That um, what, well, the um, so it was meant to be at the at the local hospital, mm-hmm. um, but for whatever reason, my appointment got cancelled and or pushed back. I think three times. So oh, I think 
My appointment was initially meant to be in February of last year. By the time that I was actually going to see them, I think it was May or June, by which time the pain had been getting even worse. Um, And I was lucky that my husband has healthcare. So we decided to add me to his healthcare and I was seen by a fertility specialist who had an interest in in women's health and in endometriosis mm-hmm. um because my uh, gp had suspected at that point that i would uh, i had endometriosis mm. and i was able to see her very quickly and almost i think within a month i was in surgery right so that was it was lucky for me that 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 was an option mm. that i could take because I think even had I managed to follow through with the NHS doctor, had they then decided to put me through for surgery, I would be waiting another six to eighteen months before yeah, that surgery would have even would even have happened. Mm. And so then I had that first surgery was in August of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I, well, can I ask what that is? What that exactly entails because so it's it's a a laparoscopy Mm -hmm. um which means that it's keyhole surgery so they made three incisions one in my belly button and then um, one kind of directly down just above my pelvic bone and then um one to the left of that as well so kind of in a triangle Mm -hmm. um and then instruments are inserted through there with cameras so that they could then then go in and see what's going on mm-hmm. and the thing with endometriosis is that it can be suspected yeah. but it's only diagnosed by actually going in right. that's the only way in which you can diagnose it and I was lucky that also through this healthcare I could have a diagnostic laparoscopy and treat it at the same time whereas I think on the NHS they would go in diagnose Mm -hmm. and then it would be a later surgery then to go in and and treat and they did find it Mm -hmm. which was good in a sense as in it was good to have the affirmation yeah that you know everything wasn't just in my head because one of the things with me is that for the days when I have my period and it's really painful and I will be on the floor with pain, as in I quite regularly will have to get down, say, from the breakfast table and just lie on the floor um, or lie in the bathroom or spend quite a lot of time lying on the sofa and not being able to do anything. And then the rest of the month, I'm fine. Right. And so it's kind of in between those times, I almost kind of think, is it really as bad as I think it is? Right. And, it, you know, even to the point of every time I'm going to the doctors and I'm saying, you know, these are my symptoms, mm. I have to talk to my husband and say, what is it that I'm experiencing? Because I don't remember, because it's just pain. Uh-huh. That's, you're just in there, mm-hmm. not necessarily aware of exactly what is happening. Right. So it is chronic a feeling of, uh, like, cramping or what? Can you describe how that might feel for someone who might be suspecting that maybe their periods are strong? Because I just want to go back to the fact that the clearer months that you had when you Mm -hmm. realised that actually what Mm -hmm. was happening before wasn't right, there might be someone listening now who has that too and has that little suspicion. So can you describe the kind of feeling of that pain exactly? Um, it's for me, it's a mixture of nausea, so dizziness, feeling sick, mm-hmm. 
a, you know, a very strong um, cramp in my stomach, but also in kind of the tops of my legs mm-hmm. as well. My legs go extremely heavy, linked in with back pain as well. And <laughs> yeah, let's describe anymore. As I say, is it's just. I think the chronic bit it makes it really hard to describe because it, it's just pain. There's no real symptoms with it, so it's just. And it's to the point that through getting through it, and I've been looking after my son some days where I've where it tends to hit me first thing in the morning right. is the worst, mm. and so I've kind of got up and you've gone off to work and it's just been me and and him at home and trying to get him dressed and I just had to get into his bed okay and neither and he just had just get on with something yeah to because I can't do anything Mm -hmm. I've just got to lie still and how long does that typically last in that particular state so that can be it can it, sometimes it can be can pass quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it be, can be a couple of hours. I remember when we were living down in Bath. I used to lift share with another teacher, mm. and we used to take it in turns. So I would do one week, and she would do the next week. And then sometimes I would just have to text her in the morning and say, "I can't drive. Right. You need to come and pick me up." I knew that I would I would be all right by the time that we got to school. Yeah, but for that okay. period of time, I. I wouldn't be able to to kind of do anything. And how did that affect you, like, for your day-to-day? Obviously, you had that friendship, reliable person, mm-hmm. that obviously was helpful. But, yeah, how did you get through those particularly bad days? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think just kind of knowing that, kind of understanding what what is going on, mm-hmm. I think, helps and expecting it to happen right um kind of knowing i think it's it's over the last 10 years or so and i've been much more on track of my cycle mm-hmm. i think as a teenager i don't really understand it i don't really think about it and sure. because i was on the pill as well i didn't really think about it but mm-hmm. now you know kind of i know what's what's going on with my cycle i know my cycle length and i can i track everything so that mm-hmm. i kind of know when it's going to to happen yeah so on an app on an app <laughs> yes i have used many apps yeah. um to to kind of track it and i'm also lucky at the moment i work part time uh-huh which means more often than not, my worst days are days that I'm not working. Okay. Because I work three and a half days, so that means actually majority of the, the mm-hmm. week I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore it's, it's kind of manageable. And just knowing what does work and what doesn't work mm-hmm. um, kind of helps. It, it kind of hit me last week, mm-hmm. because which was my first period through since my most recent surgery yes so I wasn't expecting because it had the surgery had kind of thrown things off Mm. so I wasn't expecting it and I was at work Mm -hmm. and I always have painkillers with me I have paracetamol and ibuprofen with me at all times Uh and it wasn't cutting it at all and so luckily I had fairly recently been to the doctors to get a prescription of another painkiller which I take called Naproxen Mm mm-hmm which does help, but you can only take it at the beginning and the end of the day. So okay. I kind of, I knew I, I needed to get through the day mm-hmm. so I could take the, the painkillers so that I would be then in the cycle for the, mm-hmm. for the next few days. Yeah, in terms of coping with that, 
as I said, it hits worse in the morning for me. Mm-hmm. So therefore I kind of know that things will get better as the day goes on. Uh-huh. I think that kind of helps. And getting just getting on and, and keeping busy uh-huh. helps. And it's really difficult because when you're in that state, the last thing you want to do is to get up and go to work. But actually, in some ways, being at work means that I'm doing a hundred other things that means that I'm not focusing on the fact that I'm in pain yeah have you had to divulge this condition for work do they know that's happening with you Um, they have because of the time that I've had to have off work for various appointments and surgery in the last two years okay other than that there are key people at work who have known but I wouldn't. I certainly didn't really talk about it that mm. much with with majority of people. Uh-huh. So like there were one or two people who had kind of seen me at my worst. Okay. Who kind of knew like on one day I had to rush out of assembly. Mm-hmm. One day, um, to because I was going to faint. Right. So you know everybody's in assembly. Yeah. I'm sat at the side. Mm-hmm. It's it was the you know the middle of January. It was snowing outside and. I had slowly, during assembly, been taken off my jacket and my cardigan and my skirt because I was overheating. Mm. And then that was it. I had enough. And I just had to walk out of assembly in front of everybody to go and to go and lie down in the sick room. And so, obviously, there were a couple of people who kind of picked up on the fact that there was something not right there. Yes. So, you know, having to, to divulge there about kind of what was going on. And, and Did you were... mind having to do that? Or was that, oh, I didn't really want them to know? Or... No, I didn't really mind them knowing. Mm. But it, at that point, it was, I have really bad period pains, right. which just felt a bit pathetic. Right. But it wasn't that. But it but, wasn't, but, but yeah. without yeah. knowing what was going on, yes. I had no other way of explaining it yeah. other than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as far as how, when something has happened that has felt really hard-hitting, like day after day of this, how have you coped with that? kind of perpetual nature of it I know you said obviously it works along with your cycles Mm. so you know there will be an end to the the days of of this but how have you psychologically coped with those kind of days to treat yourself well it's been really hard I don't really know I don't (laughs) really have any answers to that um (laughs) have you been kinder to yourself because you're dealing with this chronic pain continually because if not I have, <laughs> I have more recently, mm. and I think only really since the diagnosis. Whereas before, as I was saying, without knowing what it was, it, title. exactly, yeah. it yeah. was just I suffer from period pain, as does every other woman, right. you know, and that's you know that's what I was told. That's what you know. Every time I went to the doctors and I told them, it's just bad period pains, yeah. and I have. I have two sisters, mm-hmm. and they both have experienced the same thing. My oh. mum has experienced the same thing. I was going to ask if it's hereditary. Yes, interesting. But yeah. I'm the only one who has, of yet, had a diagnosis. Okay. So for my family, mm. having very heavy, painful periods was normal. Right, okay. So, therefore... It didn't feel so it did completely exactly. out of the ordinary. And yeah, therefore, you don't ever really know what it's like for people outside of your family. Sure. So you only really know the people that you see. And, you know, I knew that 
my sister was going through these things and she was fainting at school and right. actually for most of my teenage years I was doing better than her okay, okay. so therefore if she's okay you know she doesn't have a <laughs> diagnosis then I'm okay too right so it's kind of it for a long time I think it was just battling through mm. and just existing yeah yeah, I mean, going back to uh, obviously, it's one you have a most wonderful little boy. If you're ever lucky enough to meet <laughs> the little young man, you're a lucky person. But um, I think, obviously, I feel maybe it would be lovely that you wanted to add more to mm-hmm. the family. So um, currently, is that a kind of mini battle within you as well at the moment? So I guess that kind of really sparked off the investigations that have been going on in the last couple of years because kind of pretty much since I went back to work when my son had turned one Mm -hmm. we thought well it took us so long the first time we kind of need if we want more we need to start trying as soon as possible yeah which we did um you know and he's now almost four Mm -hmm. and there is there is no other little people mm-hmm. and so that's something that we have been battling with and kind of knowing knowing that something was wrong beforehand before we had him mm-hmm. but not having answers mm-hmm. and then as I said having that period when I wasn't in pain but having periods mm-hmm. and then them coming back again so strongly um it kind of forced the that yeah, we actually did need to go back and and see somebody, and it's really difficult because doctors are very willing to help with fertility, mm-hmm. but are not willing to help with period pain. So okay. both times that I was referred to, on to anybody, it was primarily fertility mm-hmm. with endometriosis possibility as a secondary thing. Right, whereas. Yes, I do want to get pregnant again. I do want to have more children. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to be in pain. And actually, for this year, that's been the focus, yeah. not being in pain. Yeah. Um. So it, it's difficult because my sister, who has also been, as I said, battling through her whole adult life as well, mm-hmm. has in this last year again been going back to the doctor but she's not trying to have a child and therefore they've been much less willing to go down the route of surgery and have been offering her alternative things, um, the coil and Mm -hmm. contraceptive pills to manage things rather than trying to find a diagnosis and, and treat it. Yeah. So that's a really difficult one to try and understand about, Mm. you know, I, I do understand why, you know, Certainly with the NHS, they need to work out where their money needs to go. Yes. So that is something to think about. But at the same time, you know, there are so many women out there who are suffering mm. and just being fobbed off with it's it's just something you have to mm. have to deal with or manage on your own. I mean, what advice would you give to somebody who feels like there's a problem and there's an issue and is also yearning to either add to or start a family to keep going back to the doctors i've certainly found more recently the doctors are much more open to the ideas that there might be alternative problems going on i was surprised that actually the my 
most recent trip to the GP about this, the one before I was referred on, actually she had suggested that I might have endometriosis, okay. which I'd kind of had been thinking for for a while. Yeah. So it was kind of good that she was the one kind of bringing that forward. So I'd mm-hmm. say certainly for me, for a lot of my kind of 20s, I kind of stopped going to the doctors because right. I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, so definitely go back. But also find out about the condition, educate yourself so yeah. that you can go in with an idea of what it is. And the, and the problem with endometriosis is that there are so many different symptoms uh-huh. that there isn't a typical set of symptoms. Right. And so therefore any number Variably. of people mm. with endometriosis will have varying different symptoms. And, mm. you know, you can be in a lot of pain and have very mild endometriosis and you can have no pain and have really extreme endometriosis. Right. So it's not even as if just kind of pain is the the main symptom because as I said you can have it without that pain mm-hmm. so you can you know you could be experiencing the problems of fertility that endometriosis causes mm-hmm. but not know why because you don't necessarily have those other symptoms which might lead a doctor yes. to think that that it might be endometriosis well thank you so much to Kirsten Stansfield uh There are actually two more interview extracts in the next few episodes coming out weekly that continue to explore her journey. Please do have a look at the show notes for information as to how to contact us if you want to regarding any aspect of this episode. And for hugely useful links, jump in. Have a look. Now, my love of audio fiction is such that I wanted to explore the dynamic of the suffrage, if you like, and the highs of friendship for these individual characters theatricalized versions of my real life friends with these real life issues. Now, they all have their own private struggles and yet end up finding a forum and the right time to share. Now, the scripts were based sometimes verbatim on what was said in their individual interviews and some elements are theatricalized to just, well, just keep the momentum and camaraderie an essential tool to help impart information and experience in a more uplifting way. <laughs> It was so much fun to record with my real-life pals, and these are folks who I've met in the last 20 years doing amateur theatre, community theatre, and they wanted to play versions of themselves, so I hope you'll love them as much as I absolutely do. (laughs) So, here's the first part of our audio fiction, wherein Gabby, Rachel and Charlie are visiting Kirsten's character, Freya, for coffee. We start with a positive visualisation being imagined by Freya, as she lies in a lot of pain on the floor. Bear with it and enjoy! (laughs) Germany! Halt! (laughs) Oh, President Correct on the Abdo Men, sir! Though Sarge says we should call it the Abdo Women. Does he now? See, sir. Okay, soldiers! We count on you to clean this here uterus inside this here abdo woman of all extra radius bad cells from top to bottom and all in between. Don't forget the fallopian tubes and no tickling on the ovaries. We won't, sir. Uh, I might. I need a wee. It's not really the dumb thing now, is it, boy? I'm a woman. (laughs) This is all a positive visualisation and so it's equal opportunities in the regs, sir. That's as may be, but you can't just go around peeing in someone's uterus. Isn't the, uh... oh, I think we've gone off tangent again, Sarge, on the old visualisation thing. <coughs> indeed, indeed. So, uh, so, uh, hunt about cells and kick him into touch. 
Anywhere else you find those evil cells are lurking, you cut them out. You hear me? Cut it. Slice it. Nick it all off. Check. Remove it. And make sure it has ceased to be every last cell. We need to make this place fetus ready. What do we need to make this place? Fetus ready, sir. That's right. Okay, man. Uh, some of us are women, sir. I'm non-binary. I'm very pleased for you. Soldiers! We go through this abdominal incision one at a time, row by row, until we're all engaged in bloody battle. I'll follow at the rear. Good luck, men! And women! And other non-binary folks. All of you, on this glorious St Crispin's Day, we will fight this for Freya, for Dan, and for the baby yet to be born! For Freya, for Dan, and the baby yet to be born! Ready to jump! Ready, soldiers! First line, front line, jump! I just want to say, if I may, that me being aware I am but an imagined character in a positive visualisation, I think maybe Freya herself might actually need the toilet and yet feel too weak to get up at the moment and therefore is using me as a conduit to let herself know her personal wants. Well, I'll be needing the loo next. Positive visualisations we may be, but we still have a job to do. I must say, though, <laughs> she's imagined a particularly wondrous moustache for me. Ah, yes, very nice, sir. Bet that's tickly if you kiss it. Where was I? Uh, yeah. <coughs> Ready, jump! And fight the bleeding bloody blood! Jump! That's it, men! And women! And don't non binary folks! No ablutin allowed! No tickling on the sofas or anywhere! Let's do it, Freya! And our children! And our children's children! I do forget the street is up here. Nice houses, huh? Haven't been here in a while. Thanks for the lift, Gabster. You're welcome. 50p, please! <laughs> Let me out! <sighs> Did you know some Crispin's Day today? Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Oh, I love doing that play. You were a brilliant Henry V, Gabby. The fifth! Henry the fifth! Oh, Henry V. Hey, Freya! We're here! Freya! Oi! Is the kettle on? Freya! That's weird. No smell of bacon. What? Well, she usually does us a fry-up, right? Something ain't right. What's your Friday sense tingling? Amongst other things. Yeah. Not wearing those love eggs again, are you? Might be. Might be not. No, <clears throat> there's no answer. That's weird. The bathroom window's open, though, so she's definitely in. Oh, good work, detective. Oh, let me have a look, though, see if I can see any signs of life. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, what's wrong? Look at your hand caught. She's... I think she's dead. Dum, 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 dum. She's lying on the floor in the hallway to the kitchen. Look. Freya? Freya? Are you dead? Answer me. If she is, that's going to be hard, isn't it? She's probably just so tired she fell asleep on her way to the kitchen. I do that sometimes. I mean, it's a good shag pile carpet she's got there. <laughs> probably quite cosy to lie on. Mm. Like your new one, Sha. Love how that feels. Don't you even think about shagging in it if you babysit? I huh? wasn't going to, but now you mention it. I'm all up for the new experiences. <laughs> Shut up, you idiots. <laughs> she could be hurt. Oh, my God. Freya! Okay, that's Gabby's serious face. Oh, she always had a serious face. Shit. <laughs> Don't be 
dead, don't be dead. Oh, Freya, Freya, open the door. Shit. Well, actually, you're not joking. I thought she was joking too, because she does that. I mean, look at her dress sense. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, a finger? Charming. Seriously, Rachel, something isn't right. She's not moving. Oh, move right away. Let's have a look. You're right. Freya! She's not moving. Shit. She's got... She's wearing something weird. Is that a, a bomb thing? She's what? wearing a bomb vest. No. What? Maybe... Oh, no, 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 no. It looks more like lots of hot water bottles. What? That's weird. Freya, wake up! What do we do? Um, you call the police. Uh, uh, let... Let's bash the door down. Bash the door down? Shut the front door. I mean, it's a front door. It's a sturdy front door. We can't just bash it. I've just got these nails done. I've got a rammer in my boot. Well, hey, lucky you. I had a rammer in my boot at the weekend. Mm-hmm. An actual rammer, Rachel. I went as riot police to a party this weekend. Riot police? Yeah. It was an alternative bounds of the 80s party. Haven't been out for months, so I thought I'd go all out. You had to think outside the box. Though... So, Someone did go as living in a box. And that was a song, not a band? No, it was a band as well. It was quite a fun party, actually. I borrowed some of Dave's kit. Bet you look like that buxom one out of Police Academy. Band came in handy. <laughs> I won't ask. <laughs> got to give it all back yet. Whoops. Why does that not surprise me? you still got a few of my DVDs and my curling tongs from last year. Hiya! Rachel, Jesus, stop chatting rammer and tongs and go get the rammer. Is it actually called that? Let me look through. I think you're just joking with me. Oh, that she's... Wow. Yeah. She's actually not moving. At all. Freya! Oh my god. What if she is dead? What, like, actually, she's... I've never actually seen a dead person. Uh, maybe I have now. Freaky deaky. What if... What if someone broke in and covered her in hot water bottles and... Oh, I don't want to think about it. Freya! not going to run ram it, is she? Not with those massive tits. She'll knock herself out. (laughs) Maybe we could just break a window. Uh, We? You. Bit easier. Possibly less expensive to repair. Good idea. Uh, Why don't you look around the back first, see if there's a way in there. (laughs) That's what you say to all the boys. Shut up. Okay, bye. Right. You ready? Rachel's out of the way. I heard that, biatch. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I think you'll need a proper run-up, as there's a sturdy bastard door, Gabs, all right? And uh, ram it as close as you can to where the door lock is, I guess. That's, um, that's what they do in the films, right? OK, come on, let's break this bastard open and save our pal. All right, is, um, is this far enough? Oh, I guess so, I've never done it before. Is she still there? Uh, hang on. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. shit. Come on, Freya. No, wait, wait, hang on, I've got my, I've got my hand stuck, I've got my, please, just, the fire, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, Say come in, but you have already. Uh, 
Hello. I'm glad to see you're not dead. Uh, not the last time I looked. Oh. Is this a uh, fashion choice? <laughs> it just... It, it helps. But on days like today, I, I didn't expect you lot, so... Yeah, you look like some kind of b bad Game of Thrones cosplay. Uh, exactly how many water bottles is that attached to you? As many as I could fathom. As I said, it helps. Come on in. Perhaps more gently than Gabby has, if that's okay. Cripes! What's that? It's, it's Rachel. Rachel. I'm in, but I cut my hand. But I think I'll live. Ah, oh, sorry, Freya. Um, we'll pay for the damages the least we can. Oh my God! Oh, you're in, and you're not dead. <laughs> no, not yet. Good. Hopefully, a good few decades after that one. Um, Rachel, did did you just smash my kitchen window? Is that a metaphor? Well, we thought you were dead, because you were, like... Lying on the floor? Yeah, uh, yeah that was weird. Yeah. Why couldn't you hear us? Ow. I, I fell asleep with my earphones in. I, I'm having... I'm having a difficult day, and... Uh, anyway, good to see you. We were really worried. Gabby got a ram around and everything. Not for the first time. Uh, obsessed. Hug? Come on, then. I mean... There's not much to tell. We're just lying on the floor. Come on. Oh, that's so hot. How do you not have third degree burns? Ow, shit, stop it. No more hugs. Help me up, someone. I can't lift you. Charming. No, seriously, I can't. Not because it's, it's not your weight. It's. I never suggested uh, it was, oh, Mother Teresa of virtue and light. Okay, cowbag. Okay. Well, all right, I guess. Although Mother Teresa would have said, keep busy with your own affairs and not those of others. I should tell you, I I guess that. Um, I have an operation tomorrow. Anyone forgot what? me? What? what? How? Hang on. Hang on. Come on through and I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, seriously, all those hot water bottles are too damn hot. Just like me. I bought the biscuits, but... Oh, they're a bit crushed now. <laughs> I would put the kettle on, but... I've cut myself, so maybe I'll go find something to stop the bleeding in the kitchen. I have questions. Aye, 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 aye. Okay, Charlie, fire away. Why are there like six water bottles taped to you? And why were you conked out on the floor? Hey, uh, you got any plasters or antibacterial wipes or something? I've only found tea towels. Yes, let's sort out your bleeding arm before you bleed all over my new floors and... You two can go through to the lounge if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I haven't had a chance to clean up properly, so mind the Lego minefield. But to be honest, I thought you were coming next week. I got the dates wrong, obviously. I wouldn't have had you over today. I kind of needed, well, I'm meant to be taking it easy before the op, and I'm feeling kind of... Oh, uh, should we go? Yeah, leave you in peace? Sorry, I've made a mess of your Robin tea towel. I think it's a Robin. Well, it's got a red breast now. <laughs> Only thing I could find in here to stop the bleeding. Sorry, I'm bleeding everywhere, it seems. I know the feeling. Uh, hang on, I'll be in in a, in a second. Hey, Rach. Rach, see if you can find any good biscuits whilst you're looking through all the drawers. <sighs> oh, thanks, Freya. We'll... Uh... We'll just take a pew. Two sugars. Thanks. Um, why are you wearing, like, four hot water bottles? More like six. 
let's sort you out. Put the kettle on and I can tell you all about it. You all right? Always. Yeah, right. Three, two... My back doesn't half hurt, though. There it is. Do you want me to walk on it? No, you'd kill me. Charming. Did you know she was having an operation? No. No, I, I was going to ask you, did you know what for? It's a bit weird she hasn't told me. Or you. I wonder if she told Rachel. She does look a little pale. How do you think it's IVF? I mean, I know she wants another baby. So. God, I so do not want another one, ever. Nearly bloody killed me last time. I'm still paying for it now. I know. I am not moaning about it. I didn't say you were. It's just the way you said that. It was like, oh, shut the fuck up, I know. I just said, I know. That was quick. I had already boiled the kettle to top up my hot water bottles. Can you take this, please? I really shouldn't be carrying heavy things right now. And I've cut my hand. Ah, oh, cafetiere, genius, I'm gasping. I might just get another mug to down two coffees. <laughs> Help yourself, you know where they are. Okay, just... Right, Rachel's all patched up. Oh, Charlie, watch out for the glass by the window. Oh, I cleaned up as much as I could, but not being able to bend over. There's still a few stray shards, I'm sure. She's just shuffle kicks it all into the corner, reminding me of the choreography for stepping out. Oi, I did that. But, yeah, just be careful by the back door. Always careful round my back door, love. Oh, for God's sake, Rach, you so need a good shack. Who does? <laughs> Wouldn't say no at this point. Anyone free? Oh, my God, shut up, Rachel. Freya, come on, spill. What's going on? I'm worrying now. Fine. Everything's okay. And I've been meaning to mention it, but it never seemed like the right time. Now? Now's the right time? What's up? Okay, so... Okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, um, so... Oh, I, get on with it. Okay, um, so I have endometriosis and PCOS. Oh, no. Oh, my friend has that. They're Pokemons, right? Gotta oh. catch them all. <laughs> oh, my God, Rachel, it's a bloody painful disease. Condition. It's not a disease. You You can't catch it. I have literally no idea what it is. I think I've heard of it. You can't catch it, though, you say. Is it bad? You're feeling all right? Surely they talk about it in Heat magazine. That's your educational paper of choice, right, Rach? Yeah, if she's about to have an operation, how do you think she feels you did it? All right, you lot. Ignorance is bliss. Arrogance makes you a twat. Sorry, Freya, you were saying. It's it's not bad. Well, not that bad, I, I suppose, but it isn't good and I feel shit, so clear off my sofa. Oh, I need to lie down before I fall down. I would love to welcome to anyone for coffee today, Faye Farthing, who is the Campaigns and Communications Manager for Endometriosis UK. Hello, Faye. Welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's very, very exciting to speak to you because I think you probably are a font of all knowledge as far as getting folks to uh, help and the right information for this specific condition. So very excited to to speak to you today. <laughs> first things first, what exactly does the endometriosis as a charity do? What can 
folks find on your website and, and from your wares that will be helpful? Yeah, no, of course. So Endometriosis UK is the UK's leading charity supporting people affected by endometriosis. So endometriosis affects around 1.5 million women in the UK. And sadly, diagnosis for the condition takes an average of seven and a half years, which is something wow. as an organisation, we're absolutely determined to drive down. Um, so part of our work is raising awareness of the condition that's amongst politicians, the media and workplaces trying to get people to have an open conversation about endometriosis and about menstrual health so we can raise more awareness so more people understand the symptoms of endometriosis and know where to seek help Um, we're also involved in research um, so I'm sure you're aware that there's nowhere near enough research into this condition we don't know what causes it there is no cure at the moment and treatment options are limited and definitely need to be be improved so we're involved in a number of, of research projects um, to ensure that the patient voice is always heard so that we can work towards a world where endometriosis has less impact on people's lives. and we also provide information and support. So at the heart of our charity, um, we're a support charity. So we have a helpline, we have an online forum um, and support groups um, who normally meet across the country. We've got nearly 40 of them now. Um, but obviously, amidst COVID-19, um, they're now going virtual. So do have a yeah. look on our website and, and get the support that you need. Fantastic. And I guess the first real priority for this episode's focus is if someone suspects they have or has this specific condition, how and where can they find help? Where would you suggest they go to to find this help and information? So if you're experiencing symptoms, um, the first step is to go to your GP. Um, and, and when you go to your GP, what I'd really recommend is taking a pain and symptoms diary. So on the Endometriosis UK website, which is www.endometriosis-uk.org, we've got a number of resources on the condition ranging from how to get a diagnosis to what treatment options there are available and so on and on there we've got a pain and symptoms diary so you can actually track your symptoms for a number of weeks or months so when you go to that first appointment with your GP you can show them what symptoms you're experiencing and and perhaps at what time of the month you're experiencing them so they can see that this is a problem that has been going on for some time and, and what support you might need. Mm, fantastic. And, and within the episode uh, audio drama that folks have just listened to, Kirsten's character, Freya, does document kind of the feelings of pain that she has and the immobility that this pain causes and the kind of just being in that pain as well. And h- how else might um, the symptoms manifest? What have you found that are things that might potentially be things that out of the range people might Uh, experience? Yeah, so symptoms range from person to person. So I think it's really important to to understand if you are experiencing any of these symptoms that you might not have all of them, you might just have one, one or two. Um, And symptoms range, as I say, from person to person, but can include chronic pelvic pain, painful periods, painful sex, painful bowel movements, so pain when you're going to the toilet, um, tummy ache, um, infertility um, as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really important to, to look at the variety of symptoms and see how they might um, might be affecting you and also accepting that it is different from person to person. So you might even know other people with endometriosis and you might have completely different symptoms to them, but you might still have the condition. So it's important not to compare to other people um, yeah. as, as well 
well and, and keep one of these pain and symptoms diary um, and, and see what your symptoms are. Excellent advice. Thank you. And with regards to other social media places to look, where could people also find information or help if, if they wanted to broaden their kind of research individually? So the Endometriosis UK, we have um, social media channels and social media is a really um, great place, but it's also the devil as well in, in that yeah. um, <laughs> there is a lot of misinformation out there about endometriosis and it's it's really important to go to sources that are recognised and there is input there from NHS professionals. So definitely have a look mm-hmm. on the Endometriosis UK social media pages where you can connect with other people as well. We've got an online forum so if you do have any questions or you want to just connect with other people and, and ask them how they're feeling then definitely do go to our online forum as well. Brilliant. And with regard to that are there any specific people who might be worth following on social media who either blog or have really interesting information that people might find useful yeah I mean there's a lot of celebrities that have, have come out and, and said that they've got endometriosis so Emma Barnett is is a great one and um, the BBC journalist um mm-hmm. she's just written a book called period um, which I really recommend mm-hmm. she's definitely worth a follow she talks very openly about her endometriosis journey how it's impacted her um so she's definitely worth having a look at fantastic and books as well is there any sort of either audiobooks or other things I think uh, Kirsten mentioned as Freya's character the doctor will see you now she found a useful thing to look at if there are any other source material there that you suggest people might want to have a browse on yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a book called Endometriosis, How to Manage Your Symptoms, which is written by Carol Pearson and Andrew Horn. So Andrew Horn is a trustee of Endometriosis UK, but he's also a gynaecologist and a researcher up at Edinburgh University. And that's a really amazing guide. It contains absolutely everything that you'd need to know about endometriosis and, and the treatment um, and also how to get peer support as well. So I definitely recommend reading reading that. Brilliant. And I know... Uh... Freya's character also mentioned sort of certain apps to track things. Are there anything that you could recommend folks look on with regards to pain diaries or otherwise using apps at all? I'm not sure in terms of apps. Um, definitely keeping keeping a diary, tracking your symptoms. I know there's a lot of kind of apps out there that you can you can use. So I guess just have a look look through them and, and see which mm. one works best for you. And I think most important within that is is one where you can track your your feelings and. And, and your symptoms daily um, because symptoms can change on a week by week basis so yeah something that you can input into regularly um, so you can show your GP when you go and see them um, the variety of symptoms that you're experiencing. Excellent because having that evidence there kind of will help your case to potentially push forward some potential treatment options I imagine. Yeah it, exactly and um, yeah diagnosis does take a shocking average of seven and a half years to diagnose um, one of the reasons for that is that there are a lot of overlapping symptoms with other conditions so mm-hmm. GPs will often want to rule out those those symptoms first because the only way to definitively diagnose endometriosis is through um, laparoscopic surgery um, which, mm-hmm. which obviously is is a surgery to have so they will want to rule out other conditions first so the more information that you can take to your GP the more helpful it will it will be um, mm-hmm. and important to remember as well that it is a two-way conversation when you go to your GP and if they're suggesting treatment options to you that you don't want to go down then having that information and, and being empowered by the information that you've kind of researched yourself will enable you to have that conversation with them. 
Mm-hmm. And are there other places of interest that might be useful for anything we haven't mentioned so far that you think might be useful to someone to explore? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I would definitely look into what treatment options there are available to you. So as I say, when you go to your GP, you know what's on the table if you like, and, and you can discuss each of those um, with them. There's also something called the NICE guidelines which set out the pathway of care that people with endometriosis symptoms should be receiving so it's definitely worth having a look at at those Um, you can see them on the endometriosis uk website and then from that you can see exactly what pathway your gp should be putting you on if you're experiencing symptoms so if your gp or, or medical practitioner isn't following those guidelines you can actually say to them you know these are the nice guidelines nice quality standard guidelines on endometriosis that's the president's really for how care should be provided and and this is what i'd like you to follow superb and i'll try and put some links as well from the website onto the show notes so you can just click on those and hopefully find some information well thank you so much we've just completed our first episode and i hope you found it useful and faye you've been amazing that's wonderful information so thank you very much no problem at all thanks for having me sarah Well, thank you so much to all of the amazing folks who have contributed to this glorious episode. (laughs) To my brilliant cast playing all of the soldiers, as well as Diane Alexander as Flo, Laura Parker as Gabby, Lucy Shirley as Rachel, Fiona Thrale as the anaesthetist and soldiers, and introducing Kirsten Stanfield as Freya. Music was by Matt Hutt. Executive producer was hugely amazing Fiona Thrale, who also produces Dashing Onions Audio. This audio fiction is written, directed and produced by me, Sarah Golding, who also played Charlie, having as much fun as I possibly can. We honestly, truly hope you've enjoyed this quirky production. There are two more episodes based around Kirsten and Freya's story of coping with endometriosis, so please, please do share wherever you think it can be helpful and rate and review this on any podcatcher so other folks might find it. And, well, also feel free to contact us with any thoughts or queries or reviews or whatever you like, really, on quirkyvoices at gmail.com. Thanks so much to Faye Farthing of Endometriosis UK for some insightful information on where and how to get help. And her interview also continues next week on how folks can actually try to help themselves. So, show notes are there for your delectation and delight to browse and find useful links and places to go. And please do, do get help if you feel you need it. Don't wait, okay? As far as I'm concerned, you only get one life, okay? And just make sure you're living your best one. If you'd like to support my work, feel free to check out Quirky Voices Patreon or, or Ko-Fi accounts. Much appreciated if you want to. And finally, oh, thank you for listening. I know I'm rambling on, aren't I? But I have to thank you because, well, you're the reason to do it, right? <laughs> so keep talking. Or why not even start talking? Organise a coffee morning with some folks you love. Oh, go on. Even a virtual one is going to give you the opportunity to connect. Yes. And, uh, well... Go on, go out there and live your best lives. Because you're amazing. And just don't let anyone tell you any different. You got that? <laughs> Groovy. Till next week. Ta-ta. <laughs>